0: This is Sell Yourself Fearlessly, episode number 14, a lesson in sales from jury duty. Welcome again to Sell Yourself Fearlessly, the show for entrepreneurs who love what they do, but hate selling themselves. We're gonna help you remove fear and uneasiness when selling your own product or service so that you can uncover more opportunities, spend more time on the things that you enjoy, and ultimately earn the money you deserve my name is scott whitney this is a production of the scott whitney academy and podworks we're broadcasting from one of our two studios in beautiful las vegas nevada and besides this live broadcast which you can see on our facebook page a video and audio version of this content will be made available at all the usual podcast distribution locations as well as video places and social media too all right let's go ahead and get started a lesson in sales from jury duty. Well, first of all, i glad to be back. I've been gone the last couple of weeks, the Thanksgiving week, we were in Boston hanging out there, had a great time. And by the way, it's cold in Boston, but last week I was in jury duty the entire week. And it wasn't like one of those things where you get selected to jury, you do the trial, it's a couple of days you're in and out. No, That entire week last week was just for jury selection what they call voir dire, uh, which is jury selection. And the reason it was because this was a criminal case, six felonies, really an unpleasant case. It was uh, all revolving around sexual assault and kidnapping and strangulation of a minor child. So it was a pretty intense environment to begin with. Now, here's how these things start. The judge chatted with us for a little bit and said, the first thing we're going to do is I'm going to have the attorneys introduced themselves and introduced their clients with regards to the defense. So that's how it started. So the the prosecution came up for the DA, and they introduced themselves. It was two women who were on behalf of the state. And then it went over to the defense. Now, the defense had three lawyers for two uh, defendants, a man and a woman defendant. So this one lawyer gets up for the male defendant. And the very first thing out of his mouth was, my client is 100% innocent of these charges. He is not guilty. (laughs) So, uh, not surprising, the prosecution objected to that. And the the judge sustained that, said, you can't do that. the, The prosecution said, he's trying the case in the introduction and the lesson here was interesting see he opened up by claiming his own credibility he did nothing to establish he just said we're doing it we're good we're safe we're not guilty so what that does when you open by claiming your own credibility is it invites mismatching now we've talked about mismatching before what is that it's the instinctive desire people have to respond in a contrarian manner So when he said, we're innocent, my guy didn't do it, what's the mismatch? Well, clearly the prosecution's going to mismatch that. That's not a surprise. The judge wasn't a big fan of that, probably not a surprise. But the question is, how did the jury respond to that? This was at the very jump. We had just got going. There were 75 potential jurors in that room, and he opens with that. That was his introduction to his case. I don't know how other jurors responded to that, but I could easily argue that some people were probably put off by it, and that would have put them at a competitive disadvantage. Okay, so uh, the voir dire starts, which is the, the interviewing of the jurors, and this can be done both as a group kind of thing, asking group questions, and then often what they do is they'll single in on somebody and ask that person individual questions. And that's what happened. So the, the kinds of questions that you might get is uh, show of hands, anybody here have family in law enforcement, or has anybody been a victim of a crime? And, and either the judge might ask these or the prosecution or defense might ask, and they might say, okay, well, uh, would that experience, uh, prevent you from being fair or impartial? So those kinds of questions happen quite a bit. So the prosecution got up, and it a couple days of this, um, and they asked a bunch of questions, and they went around the room. I was juror 15 at the time, so I got asked individually a lot of questions, and I'll, I'll bring up what happened a little bit later, because uh, something pretty weird happened later. Uh, but so it went through, and it was not a lot going on there, nothing striking in my opinion. So then the defense comes up. And that if, instead of asking these kind of broad questions like the prosecutor was doing, this guy starts asking very specific questions. Uh, have you ever heard of the Salem witch trials? Um, um, are all kids truthful? Do kids ever lie? Um, do kids understand all the implications of saying, something, did something, the saying that somebody did something wrong? He again started telegraphing what his, trial, what his defense was going to be. Which you're not supposed to do uh, during the jury selection process so not surprising he got mismatched again the prosecution immediately objected the court said no you can't be doing that you got to keep him broad and again you have to ask yourself what are the jurors thinking about this this fact that this guy is pushing his case forward when he hasn't earned the right to do that yet so i didn't think that was great but he did do something great as a matter of fact Two of the defense lawyers talked to us, and they both asked similar questions, which were the best questions they could have asked me. And they just asked me this question, (laughs) which I thought was odd. Um, Well, uh, the first guy asked me, if you were me, would you want you on the jury? And the second lawyer asked me, if you were sitting where my client is sitting right now, would you be scared to have you as the jury? Now. I had to tell you, if I were sitting in the defense, I'd be scared because that's a spooky place to be, especially for these charges. Um, But the reason why I love those questions is because they're fantastic to get to the matter. And they're great for you as well. So you could ask a question like, if you were me, what should I do to to get this deal to move forward? Or you could say, if you were me... Would you be worried about the potential of this deal falling apart? You're going to get an open and honest answer to those kinds of questions. So while I thought the defense kind of stepped on it in the beginning, that question with regards to me was the right question to ask. Now, um, I'm not going to tell you what my answer was to that question, um, but I will tell you one thing that happened that I thought was really weird. And this is kind of outside of the sales thing, If I just wanted to share this with you. On both sides, both the prosecution and the defense, when they were talking to me directly, they asked me a question. I'll start with the prosecution. He, she asked me a question. I asked a, a question back, and immediately all the lawyers jumped up and uh, approached the bench. <laughs> now, um, I think I know why that, was, that happened. And then the defense asked me a question. I asked a question back of him same thing they all got up and went to the bench so not surprisingly i was not selected for jury duty but what's the point of this what's the lesson to be learned here two a you know claiming your own credibility is the weakest way to establish it you want to earn the right to be able to have that discussion. I don't think the defense guy did a good job there, especially at the beginning. Now, I don't know how the trial has progressed or any of that, but I thought that was a bit of a miss, but on the other hand, he did something very good, which was to ask the question, uh, if you were me, what would you do? If you were me, would you want you on the jury? Super smart question to ask somebody super smart question or type of question for you to ask, to know where you really stand, especially if you want to get something off the ground, get it to go and decide either way. No if you by the way, if, if I ask, if you or me, would you be worried about where this deal is going, I want to know if I should be worried. Right? I don't want to pretend that things are going to be good. I want to know that if I'm in trouble, because if I'm in trouble, then I can manage it. All right, that's it. If you have any questions or comments, set it to podcast at scottwhitneyacademy.com. Again, podcast at scottwhitneyacademy.com. And if you like what we're doing here, I'd ask that you share it with your friends and family and give us uh, five-star reviews and thumbs up. All right, other big news. I have a brand new webinar that we have uh, just released. It's really pretty cool. Uh, The name of the webinar is How I Use a One-Page Sales Formula to Close More Service-Based Clients Without High-Pressure Gimmicks, Offering Deep Discounts, or feeling insecure about my offer. Put a lot of work in this. It's about 50 or so minutes of very, very note-taking type of content. So I'd invite you to check that out if you're in a service-based business, especially if you're an entrepreneur. If you're interested in attending, uh, simply click the link that we'll have in the description here. Uh, For those who are listening though and don't have uh, uh, the ability to do that, uh, the URL is bit.ly, so it's a bit.ly link forward slash one page sales formula. Okay. That's it. Thanks for checking us out. Now get out there and sell yourself fearlessly.